Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Market Talk. And today we have joining us all the way from the USA, Colleen Costello, who is the co-founder and CEO of Vive, which is an antimicrobial lighting specialist. So we'll talk to her about that shortly. And we also have Matthew Marriott Harrison, who is the immediate past chair of the FCSI UK and Ireland branch. So welcome both of you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I'm going to kick off with my first question for Colleen. So uh, in terms of the uh, Vive technology, could you tell us a little bit about um, how it works, what it does, how it uh, is antimicrobial, but without using UV? Absolutely. Thank you, Claire, and uh, really happy to be with everybody today. So essentially, our technology is a technology that uses LEDs. So we're able to actually precisely pick wavelengths of light that specifically target molecules within organisms that are not within human cells. Ultraviolet light has been around for a very long time. It's used in a variety of different systems. But with LED technology, what we're able to do is specifically target those germs that we want to kill, but be able to be used continuously around people. So it's a pretty exciting technology that we use in places like hospitals, pharmaceutical manufacturing, food manufacturing, essentially to be able to have that effect that we want to target these germs, um, but be allowed to use around people. Good stuff. And you're kind of um, moving now more into the food service side of things. So did you have to kind of tweak the technology at all to be able to suit the food service environment? We did not have to tweak the specific wavelengths that we utilize, but we did recognize specific problems that were within the food sector. So things like listeria, E. coli, salmonella were specific germs within the food sector that have specific issues related to food and are constantly coming up within manufacturing production and then the end food environment. So we made sure to actually test the technology against those specific germs so that we could make sure it was relevant to those specific environments. And what we found is it has a significant impact on those environments environments where we can significantly reduce, for example, the amount of listeria hits that are happening within these different environments, which makes the entire food sector safer because it doesn't have an opportunity essentially to come in contact with these germs. So we're uh, actually excited to engage a little bit more within the food uh, and catering specifically environment. And, and Colleen, um, presumably the business has sort of taken on a, a whole new lease of life in the kind of COVID environment, has it, and, and the current climate of the past 18 months? Certainly the COVID climate, unfortunately, right? But uh, it has given a larger population awareness to germ control, uh, right? We're, we're now all a lot more aware. We're now a lot more, um, there's significance put to these germ issues. So yes, absolutely. Um, germ control, antimicrobial disinfection has become sort of on a world stage in which people are now realizing the importance of investing in prevention. Because unfortunately, when things become a problem, that's when you actually now have to make significant investments to address the challenge around germs. Prevention is where we actually get to not have to worry about those challenges. So our technology is essentially in that category of preventing any of these large outbreaks. So certainly it's, it's driven a lot of awareness uh, in this category specifically. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Matthew, I'll just, just bring you into the, the conversation as well. Um, we'll probably talk to you shortly about um, kind of the role of hygiene and, and cleanliness and so on in terms yep. of commercial food service uh, kitchen design. Um, 
just to uh, begin with, though, can you bring us up to speed on, on kind of life at the FCSI UK and Ireland and, and where the organisation organization stands today after the, the past 18 months? That past 18 months has been challenging for everybody, um, and that's included consultants. What we've seen is a lot of new consultants uh, coming onto the market, um, and they've come because there's been some reduction in um, companies and so they've come into consultancy. We've been trying to help them and support them make that transition from being someone who is employed by a large organization to somebody who is effectively setting up on a, by themselves. We've done a range of webinars, um, we've done a series of short videos, um, but you know, the FCSI as the professional body wants to support people who want to become consultants um, and uh, give them the tools to do the job uh, going forward. Um, it has been challenging um, and we do see it uh, continuing to be challenging probably for the next 18 months, two years. So Matthew, what would you say is the FCSI's uh, current uh, priorities? What, what are the, the top few that, that you say that you're focusing on? We, we want to continue to uh, support best practice. We want to continue to work um, with um, each other. We want to build relationships and expertise. Um, we are focusing on education events um, and we want to create an environment where people can grow and can be professional um, and um, work to a standard that you know, clients regard as excellent. I mean, we were recently involved in the preparation of the CB guide, uh, TM50, for energy efficiency in commercial kitchens. Um, and uh, it's something that uh, the FCSI are passionate about. Um, we're, we're shortly going to have a webinar, um, not webinar, sorry, a seminar um, at Westminster uh, College on sustainability and waste. And that's, you know, those are the focuses that, that, that we're going down at the moment. Good stuff. And uh, say so drawing upon the thread of, uh, say, hygiene and uh, say, uh, which is very, very prevalent in these COVID times. Uh, is that something that you've noticed that has uh, rocketed up uh, the list of importance that, that your operators are, are asking you about? Hygiene has always been important. It is critical. The difference is it's moved up the agenda and it's not only now you need to be clean as you did before, but you need to be seen to be clean as well. And there's much more focus from customers on looking at standards of hygiene. And, you know, regrettably, um, the number of stars in England that you get isn't necessarily a reflection of the standard of hygiene because that is also about process and actually you need to go in open your eyes look at the standard of hygiene uh, and and uh, ensure that it is the required standard yeah certainly as, as claire said yeah that's such a prevalent topic at the moment um colleen coming, coming back to you um you your, your company is uh has a partnership with the with the middleby corporation which was um certainly you know a a, a, a big development um, in terms of your ambitions for the, for the food service equipment sector. Can you can you give us some insight into into that partnership and um, and how that relationship is evolving? 
Absolutely, Andrew, and sort of uh, piggybacking on what Matthew had to say, a lot of what we see in terms of the customer perception is also being able to see that things are clean, right? We can't actually see germs within environments, unfortunately, and so we have to actually use tools and visual cues to be able to recognize that different things are being cleaned or they're, they're hygienic, and that's really all that you can tell whether a surface or an environment or a food piece of food equipment is clean, for example. So we work with LED technology technology, which is actually really smaller than a thumbnail, if you think about it. Um, so like an LED indicator light you might see on your TV or your computer, that's essentially the technology we're working with. So a lot of our business is around embedding that technology within equipment and manufacturing processes that have potential to have germ issues. So we look at places like uh, microwaves, refrigerators, stoves, um, and then you think about that on a commercial scale, which is what our partnership is with Middleby. You, all of these types of environments, wherever you have food, um, you're going to potentially have germ challenges. So we work with them to embed our technology within those systems and within that equipment right off the manufacturing lines so that it can actually have disinfection embedded within it continuously while also providing light, which is actually a pretty unique concept in and of itself that we can take light within a, for example, a microwave and be able to also disinfect at the same time. So that's actually what we work with Middleby on. And now we're, you know, essentially delivering product that has embedded and built-in disinfection from the beginning, which uh, allows for really cleaner and healthier um, specific environments in general. Wow. And for people that um, aren't necessarily aware of that relationship, is there, a, is there an element of exclusivity with that? Or are you looking to, to kind of repeat that particular model with other food service equipment manufacturers? We do work with other food service uh, providers for sure. Um, we have products, anything from a bathroom exhaust fan all the way to robust um, equipment within food processing environments. So we do a variety of different um, applications. You might see it in a buffet station, which is a little bit more closer to the consumer. You might see it in the back of house at a fast food restaurant. So we're pretty broad in terms of the places that the technology can apply. So we do work with a variety of uh, food providers in general. Okay. Yeah, Colleen, you mentioned a uh, buffet technology there. So that's kind of, that's a big thing because that seems to be something that's really been impacted by the whole pandemic is, is the whole idea of buffet serving. So um, how is your uh, technology incorporated into lighting around buffets to improve levels of cleanliness and safety then? Essentially, if you look at a buffet station, you're probably going to have light associated with it because you want to see what you're actually eating, right? So essentially, we are then able to replace that lighting with what's proprietary to our organization is a white light that has a specific wavelength in it that is targeting those organisms that unfortunately you don't want in that buffet setting. So what you would see is a normal strip of lighting that's white light actually hitting the food that is providing disinfection in those environments. Any of those nasty germs that you might be worried about, E. coli, salmonella, listeria, et cetera, we're essentially able to bathe that environment through um, disinfection. So we work with a variety of organizations uh, throughout the United States and also um, otherwise to protect those environments because you're right, Claire, essentially buffets are really a, a communal area. Um, which is good and also potentially challenging as it relates to germs. So that's an ideal application for the technology. Mm. Great stuff. We'll come back to you shortly again, but we'll just bring Matthew back into the conversation. Um, so obviously the pandemic has hit the hospitality and food service industry tremendously. So like with the FCSI, what role do you see the association playing in a post-pandemic world? 
we are about supporting. We're about sharing best practice. We're about encouraging our members to network, um, to, to, to work to the highest standards. Um, we, we are, we set standards that need to be achieved, but at the moment, in a post-pandemic world, we have got some real issues over the supply chain, uh, which I'm not going to say why we have them, but we have issues um, with long delays on equipment. And you actually need to work with the equipment houses. You need to work with people to be a little bit more flexible to ensure that projects get completed. What we've also seen is a sudden surge in demand in the last few weeks as the pandemic has finished. And um, we now know there are uh, financial pressures on uh, stainless steel. There are um, equipment supply issues with some manufacturers. So it's about being flexible to not say, I want X suppliers product in there if there's a six month delay on it and saying, well, actually we're prepared to substitute with another one of equal um, standards. So it's, 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 it is about being um, supportive, um, but it's also about being realistic. There is no point in going to a client at the moment and says, if they say, well, we want a new kitchen, we want it installed within the next 13 weeks. At the moment, that is just not going to happen because of the supply chain issues associated um, with uh, some of the, the, the equipment. It's also about being honest with clients and saying, you know, you need to plan this and plan it properly to, to deliver um, standards and the, the, the outcome you want. So would, would, you, would you say there's been a resetting of expectations between the supply chain and consultants and, and the, the end customer? I think there has to be. Um, I think that any consultant who is entrenched in a particular perspective and is not prepared to understand the difficulties of the supply chain uh, is not actually doing themselves any favours um, and they're definitely not doing their uh, clients any favours and it is a matter of sitting down with the supply chain with the client and saying what is the best solution for this client what is the right outcome and then working to that and it might be a matter of time it might might be a matter of saying we need to give this project a little bit longer and get a different outcome or it might be a matter of saying we then therefore need to substitute possibly some of the equipment with different equipment or you know different manufacturers it's also about talking to the supply chain and saying look there is a project coming up in six weeks time or eight weeks time mm. so that they can plan for it as well because uncertainty uh, is also a great issue for them. Yeah, I mean, what, what one interesting aspect, certainly from a consultancy point of view, is that consultants have, have generally prided themselves on the fact they are specifying the, the best piece of equipment for the job. And given the current pressures, you know, that, that kind of scenario is, is compromised at the moment, I would, I would guess, because you, you simply can't always do that. How, are you, how, how would you say consultants? Well, I, I would say, yes, um, consultants specify the best piece of equipment for the job, what it should do. But with every piece of equipment, um, there is probably one or two other 
similar pieces of equipment. Um, I, I can think of uh, refrigeration um, and there is three particularly good organizations that produce refrigeration. Um, and if you weren't able to get one of those products, you would go to the other. What you wouldn't, what you wouldn't do is go to um, something that was significantly inferior. You know, so if you want a, a refrigeration that is, uh, you know, is self-defrosting, you, you then don't go to contact refrigeration because you're then changing the product completely and you're increasing the energy cost, you're increasing the maintenance cost, and you're certainly increasing the cost of defrosting uh, the freezer every fortnight. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll park that point there for a moment. I'll come back to Colleen. Um, so specifically talking about Vive and the UK now, um, Vive recently signed a, a partnership agreement with Save Money Cut Carbon, I believe, uh, and they're a UK-based company, a lighting specialist, and uh, the agreement means that you can specifically bring your technology into this country. So can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and uh, what the push into the UK means for you? Absolutely. So really what's fascinating is LED technology has a lot of benefits that are in addition to this disinfection capability that is provided by what we do specifically. It has energy efficiency, it has significant lifetime, it provides sustainability benefits past the old incandescent or fluorescent bulbs that might be used in certain commercial environments. So we partnered with Save Money Cut Carbon because they have a similar mission to us, which essentially is looking at how do we have sustainable sustainable and energy efficient ways to not only light spaces, but also provide other benefits like this disinfection capability that we provide. And they're able to, to essentially serve as a distributor and be able to work with those types of clients within the UK. So we're very much looking forward. We have a, a close connection across London um, in different environments that we've protected thus far to date. So we're looking forward to working with them in more detail as it relates to really protecting the important spaces within the UK. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're excited about being able to bring the technology there specifically. Stuff. I mean, so what other opportunities do you see for in food service for your technology then? Really anywhere there's food being served. Um, that's that's the, the challenge with food, right? Because you have either cold, hot, uh, whatever it may be, you potentially have opportunities for germs to be within that environment. Um, I, I often say, hopefully people are not eating, you know, when we talk about this, but but re realistically, um, you know, there's, there's opportunities for germ control in any of those settings. So really from the entire manufacturing process uh, all the way to, you know, being served on your plate, we have opportunities for, uh, the technology to be used. It can be anything from, you know, massive food production facilities where the entire lighting system is now being bathed with our technology to a simple walled unit that's, um, for example, an under cabinet light that can actually just be protecting different kitchen environments or food preparation environments across the board. So we see a lot of application and we're already doing work uh, within the UK in those environments and we look forward to doing more. And Colleen, for, um, for operators, customers that might be thinking about using your solutions in their own environment, um, once they're installed, does it do they require maintenance? Is there much upkeep? You know, what, what, what can you tell us about that? 
So we specifically designed the technology to essentially have as little human labor as possible. So essentially the light is doing the work. The photons coming from the light are doing the work. So once it's installed, you just need to turn the lighting on. And that is essentially going to now have that benefit with the photons that are coming into the space. There's some technologies where, for example, you may, maybe need to roll it in or there's manual labor associated. We wanted to remove all of those elements. So you just need to switch the light on, for example, for it to be effective. It is LED technology. So we're talking about five to 10 year lifetime of this technology. So there's really no associated manual labor um, at the outset and throughout the use of the technology for a pretty significant period of time. Okay, so you described some, some great benefits there of the technology. What, what barriers do you typically come up against when it comes to trying to penetrate the market? So typically installation, um, because people have existing lighting, right? So there's an actual retrofit and installation process that requires um, during the installation that would be different than you might have for a roll-in unit or a wall unit, for example. So typically installation is um, for a lot of these specifically food production facilities where they have to make that initial retrofit and investment, but then they're going to essentially, you know, get years of benefit. But that's typically what we have to work with. And we call it kind of design for disinfection that a lot of our team members work on to essentially make sure that that retrofit project is designed for specifically what they need at the outset. Okay. Great stuff. Um, I'm going to come back to Matthew for a, a bit now. So uh, events in person have actually resumed in the UK now, thank goodness. Um, yes. So what has the FCSI got on its slate for the rest of the year and, and upcoming in, in 2022 then? Well, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier the discussion at Westminster Kingsway in November on the Environment Bill. Um, and uh, we've got a number of CPD seminars planned. Um, and we have our Christmas lunch. Uh, when we're <laughs> actually going to right. together in, uh, in the, the Pan Pacific Hotel in London. And then um, next year, um, we're having a European conference in Chantilly in Paris. Uh, from the 12th to the 15th of May, um, which will be quite an event focusing on sustainability. Um, so we all have to go there by train. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it should be really good. I mean, it has been, I think, challenging for most people. We are social animals and we do actually need, um, even in business, to have contact with other people. And you don't build relationships to the same extent over Zoom as you do when you actually sit down and talk to people and understand what they're saying. Um, there is a place, uh, I believe now, for Teams and Zooms. It's absolutely the, you know, the way to go forward, but um, there is also very much a place to have that contact and you know, to ask the questions um, and to have larger gatherings. So we're looking forward to that over the next 18 months. Good stuff. And so what are the association's plans for 2022 and beyond then? Well, I mentioned the um, Chantilly Conference, um, but what we, our objective is, is to support education, um, continuous professional development for the members. Um, we also want to link with other industry associations um, and we want to really uh, get CPD um, back uh, on the agenda for professional members. 
Matthew, um, what, what would be your message to catering equipment manufacturers and brands? I, I think traditionally, if you look at the FCSI, we, you know, we see some, some brands out there in the marketplace that have um, you know, heavily engaged with you over the years and are probably quite well associated with, with you as an organisation, but also lots of brands that, that aren't. Um, what, what, what would you say to the, to the industry on, uh, on that perspective? The, the thing about um, a good catering designer, a good catering consultant, is that they choose the right equipment for the right project. Now, there are different ranges of equipment that you would put in a village hall to what you would put in a restaurant that is operating seven days a week, three meals a day. Uh, in terms of the FCSI, the benefit for the brands is that you can have an open discussion. Um, I personally have never been keen on um, uh, where things are done sort of quietly or in the background. It's about being open and transparent and not favoring a particular supplier because they offer to take you to a football match or a golf match. That is not what FCSI consultants are about. FCSI consultants are about putting the right piece of equipment in front of the client. And for those suppliers who are not engaged with the FCSI, it is an opportunity for them to promote their products to FCSI members. And, um, you know, there, there is, I, I'm not aware of any FCSI member that has a list of suppliers they only use. What they do is they will use the right supplier for the right project and that is you know that's that's part of the the integrity of it you know you 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 don't put top end equipment uh in in someone who says uh i only have a budget of x you you know you have to get the right balance of sustainability on the other hand i don't know of an fcsi consultant who would offer or suggest equipment that was not appropriate just because of price. It is a balance of both. Sure, okay, fantastic. Um, we're just coming up for time, I think, for, the, for this uh, episode. So I'll just finish quickly with a question uh, for, for Colleen to, to round off. Um, looking forward, Colleen, to, to 2022, what, what are the big hopes for, for Vive and, and, and what's, on the, what's on the horizon for, for you guys? Our goal really is to make the world a healthier and safer place, essentially, with our technology. And anywhere that that can be applicable, we're looking to deploy the technology. Food is a big sector. Um, you know, foodborne illnesses are maybe a little less uh, significant, for example, as a global pandemic. Um, you know, re realistically, however, there are there's still significant challenges associated with these illnesses. So we're really looking to expand the deployment of the technology to protect as many people and places as we can. Go into 2022. Fantastic. Well, good luck. Good luck for that. Um, it's been really interesting to learn about your, your business for the, for the first time today. So thank you for your time and for, for joining us from the, from the US. And thank you also, Matthew, for bringing us up to speed on uh, everything that's happening at the, the FCSI. Uh, really good to get that update. And for everybody listening or watching, we'll, we'll see you soon for another episode of Market Talk. Thank you.